Welcome to the village of Samti. Come on in, take a seat, and let's eat. It takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to do life together. I am your host, Cassandra Corbin Blake, and I'm excited today to have a special guest with me, Vivian Banks Bradford. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the village. Vivian has a wonderful story. Just like all of us, we all have a story. Our life is a story. And in our storybook, there are chapters, there are pages. And so nothing in our life tells the whole story of our life. But there are some things that are just chapters in our life that God has allowed. And I'm, I'm, when I was thinking about doing this interview, I was thinking about two women that I remember in True Rhyme Missionary Baptist Church. And aunt, your aunt and your mom that were strong in the faith. And uh, I smile when I think of them. I can still see them with their heads on and sitting up <laughs> in church in my mind's eye. And I wanted to ask you about them. I wanted you to share with the village about your aunt and your mom and how important they were in your life. Okay. Uh, it's good to be here. I'm so glad you're <laughs> Thank here. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Uh, well, going back to a child, uh -huh. you know, growing up, uh -huh. uh, I had my uh, auntie, aunt sister, yeah. and my mom. Um, after my mom had moved back from Rondo back to West Ellen to her hometown. And um, we grew up uh, uh, in a single home. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom, she taught me how to cook and wash and how to budget. Wow. And, and uh, she would always tell us, you know, as young children, mm -hmm. she would tell us, you know, she would get all of us around the bed and, and tell us, Y'all, I'm not going to be with y'all always. And Lord, being children, we would just be crying. We don't want our mama to leave <laughs> yeah, us because yeah. our dad had already passed. Right, right. You know, when I was in the uh, uh, eighth grade, my dad passed. And then, you know, mom did finally pass when I was in the 11th grade. Right, so we right. grew up, you know, without parents. Mm -hmm, you know, we had, and I had to be the mom, mm -hmm. wow. you know, at that time. Mm -hmm. I had to... But my mom, she prepared me, wow. you know, and she prepared us as her little children that she was going to leave us one day, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, but that day came, mm -hmm. you know, and Aunt Sus was still living, but then she finally passed mm -hmm. away, you know, and, and I had to, you know, continue to carry on, you know, and so I knew how to cook, I knew how to budget. Wow. You know, at, at an early age when I was in high school, because she taught me this. Uh -huh. She would have me to go to pay the bills when I was in like seventh grade, you know, wow. you know, get me ready, you know, uh -huh. for that, you know, for that task. And and that was a task I had to take on, you know. Uh -huh. So, but one good thing about it, you know, uh, my sisters, you know, everybody, still went on as mom was living. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody dropped out of school. You know, you never, you know, nobody just ran the streets. Right, right, you right. You know, right. everybody, you know, you know, went to, kept going to school and I cooked and I knew how to do it. I knew how to budget. You know, we was on food stamps, wow. you know, and, and, and I knew how to get that money and, 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 you know, 
buy this because my mom she used to buy this and that you freeze this mm -hmm. on the weekend was the weekend that you didn't have to really cook a big meal so you right. ate cold right. cuts right. or That's whatever how you did too. yeah and yeah. on friday it was fish friday uh -huh. you know uh -huh. so we grew up and um without parents but everybody is successful now yeah. you know everybody everybody left home but me yeah, yeah. you know but uh you know and down through the years you know you know, I remember what mama had taught me and, you know, it even passed it on to my girls. Wow. Uh, and and cooking, they love, both of them can cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, both of them can cook. And, and you know, everybody went off, you know, to college. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was left at home. And then one time I, you know, my health, you know, it, uh, it took a turn. You know, mm -hmm. I... It was, it first started when I wasn't able to, you know, be out in the sun. I still didn't know what was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, I had, you know, it kept going, the sun would burn me. So, but I, make a long story short, you know, I found out uh, I had gotten sick, you know, uh, and I had went to Chicago with this lady named Vera Kemp. She's a preacher, so we went mm -hmm. there and, uh, I was in kidney failure then and didn't know it, you know, but I, you know, I was diagnosed with lupus, you know, you know, before then, but my kidneys, you know, they was bad. They had failed on me and I was in kidney failure and God brought me all the way back from Chicago in kidney failure. I was up there in kidney failure, did not know it, but as soon as I got back, I was so sick trying to pay bills, you know, but when I was there, in the revival, everywhere we go, uh, Vera Kim, she said, didn't she said, are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm just getting some rest that mm -hmm. I have lost. Mm -hmm. Didn't know I was in right, kidney right, failure. Right. You know, but uh, God brought me back to West Helena, all the way from Chicago. I could have died there, yeah, yeah. you know, but he brought me back and, and I had called Carrie when I got back home. I said, girl, I'm so sick, I don't know what to do. And she called and got in touch with the, the, the doctors and stuff. They said she's supposed to be in Little Rock. She had kidney failure. Wow. And they had to rush me, you know, you know, uh, to the, to the uh, Little Rock. Yeah, yeah. The kidneys failed. They were looking for me to live. You know, they called the family in. But God. You know, but God. But God. You know, God allowed me to go through that. You know, and I said, you know, when you go through things, you know, it's really not for me. Right, right, you right, know, right, right. You know, it's for others, you others, know, that right. I can be able to stand and tell the testimony how God brought, because it was God. Yeah. You know, you know, it was him. That and and I think our it. faith grows it from does. faith to faith, and then we have a testimony to help others yes. to build their faith. Yes. But I was, I wanted to get go back to that part about you being the parent. Girl. That that is, you know, and Vivian, I kind of remember that it was like not a long space of time between your aunt and your mom, right. was it? Really? I kind of remember that from yeah. growing up. Yeah. And so you're telling us, the village, that you, how old were you then? I was 16. And you were now thrust into being the parent of how many? Uh, five. Five. And y'all stayed in the house. We stayed in the house. The big house on Panama Road between Jackson Hollow yeah, and Calhoun Field House. Yeah, it was Calhoun at that time. 
And and so how did you survive that? I mean, money, you had to think of how to have money in there. Warfare. Mm -hmm. I was on, we was on welfare and food stamps, wow. you know, and, uh, you know, and that's how we made it, you know. But that, that is, that is a testimony right there, a 16 year old girl. Yes. That is thrusting that, and your mom telling you, raising you, telling you all the time, I'm not going to be here all the time. And so y'all need to learn these things. Right, right. So would you say that the village that's what I talk about a lot. The village was very important. Yes. Yeah. And, and you Did know, the people around know, the older people know about that? Yes. Did they try to help or? Yeah, they knew about it. And, and, and what we would hear, uh, those girls are doing good without their mom. You know, you oh, know, wow. I, I would hear that yeah. from the older people. Right. You right. know, but for us people just coming in yeah. to just really, you know, just help us like that, you know, I had to, I was there. You had, there. To, you I had, had to, to be that. I had to be that, you know, and, and, you know. I did not, you know, and, and, I, and we grew up together, but I did not know, I, I don't know where, where my mind was. You know, I remember vaguely your aunt and your mom dying not far between each other, but I just didn't, you know, as a kid, you don't really think about that stuff. I had no earthly idea, really, that y'all were, by yourselves, yes, and you were doing everything, yes, and you were raising your your sisters and your you did you didn't have any brothers, did you? Did well, you? the brothers the brothers wasn't here. Okay, okay, you know, but they, I know I remember yeah, yeah, your I, sisters. Mm -hmm, the brothers, and there were a set of twins, yes, twin girls. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's amazing yeah. because that took God and that took your mama's foresight. Yes, and, and my baby family. sister. She called me mom to this day. Yeah. You know, how old was she baby. when that? She was, she was like, Linda was, she was in elementary school. Wow. And wow. she was, she was the baby. Yeah. And, you and know. there was no, no one. No but, one. No one. Had, Dad had gone, yeah. you know. And, and just, you know, I don't know of too many 16 year olds <laughs> that would say, <laughs> I'm going to. To be the parent. I'm going to raise my sisters and brothers, and I'm going to think of ways to do that. And your mom had taught you. You knew that you know you get welfare, food stamps, however you needed to do it, so that you could raise them. And y'all stayed in your house, yes. didn't miss skip a beat, because you knew how to cook, you knew how to make ends meet, yeah. you knew how. She had taught you about finance. Yes, yes. At an early age, at an early age, I was going to pay bills. She was sitting now. You know Sarah older than me. I know. Now I, that's another question. <laughs> but but what, but why, Mama, why, why, she why she, I guess she knew I probably was gonna be the more responsible one. Yeah, she, <laughs> parents know that. Parents can count. They know their kids. Yeah, yeah. And so. they know which one can do what and which one you can trust with what. Not saying that you can't trust the other one, but you kind of know, you know, this one right here yeah. might have been more uh, interested in the cooking and interested in being under mama. And she, yeah. she, she, she felt like you would be the one that would yeah. be the more responsible one in taking care of everything. Yeah. So parents kind of know our niche. They kind of right. know what we got in us. Right. So, wow, that, that, that right there, if we don't talk about nothing else, <laughs> that, that right there is a, a testimony. Because at 16, I don't know, I, I really don't know if I could have done that. 
because I, I just don't know how I would have I would have lost uh, my mind. You know, in other words, I would have been like frantic, not knowing what to do. And here you are, a 16 year old girl, and you you just didn't skip a beat. Mm-hmm. Had to bury your mom. Had to bury your auntie. And then go, then be a parent. Then be a parent. Then be a parent. And that's you know, that trauma of, of leaving, of them dying, you know. Yeah, oh you, yeah. Yeah, that was that, traumatic. But she always, she told us, mm-hmm. you know, and we would cry around her bed. Yeah. Oh my God, we didn't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I believed her. You know, man, she said she's going to leave us one day. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Do you think she knew something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think she did. Yeah, yeah. I think because uh, you know, and she was trying to prepare. You. Yeah, she she prepared us. Yeah, yeah. Whether we accepted or not, she you know she prepared us for that. Wow, wow. And mm-hmm. I don't know too many parents mm-hmm. that are willing to talk about death mm-hmm. or uh, when they're faced with something mm-hmm. that may be their demise that they can say to their child and their children that I'm not going to be with you always and I want to teach you these things. you got to learn these things. Yeah. And knowing that she could go on to be with the Lord knowing that she had put in you yeah. what was needed to take care of the family. And I, I applaud you. I, Girl, I'm giving you a standing ovation <laughs> sitting over here. I, I mean, I'm clapping loud because Thank you. for you to be 16, and I don't know if you've ever heard this from anybody. You are amazing. Just that right there, if you don't tell me nothing else in this interview, just that part right there, girl, you are amazing to be 16 and to take that kind of responsibility on and to do it and to do it well and to raise those sisters and enable them to be uh, successful. Yeah. Didn't none of them run out partying every night, being in the street? They looked to you. And you came through with the help of the good Lord. Because I know that your auntie and your mom <laughs> were in True Valley Missionary Baptist Church every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a strong faith. Mm-hmm. And your mom trusted that God will help you to do what you needed to do. Yeah. And she could leave and go on to be with him knowing that you would be the one yeah. that would be able to, to do that. Yeah. Wow. So you were talking about your health, and that's one of the things that I wanted to kind of dive into, that how you had gone to Chicago mm-hmm. and your, your, your health was beginning to fail. Uh, at that time, were all your siblings gone, grown and gone, or were, did you still have some? Uh, they were gone. They were gone, okay. Mm-hmm. And that had to be very difficult. Now, you said that your kidneys were failing. Yeah. And what happened with that? You went to Little Rock. Yes, I went to Little Rock, and that was the first time, uh-huh. you know. Um, and uh, the doctor, they had said I wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. So they called my family in, you know, and I was constantly getting sick while I was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was so sick. Mm-hmm. You know, but my kidneys had shut all the way down, you know, and uh, the doctor had said, he said, uh, you know, they had tried everything. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I'm going to try one more thing, you know, and that was chemocytoxin. Mm-hmm. So I had to do these treatments mm-hmm. and uh, my kidneys, they are, after I, you know, 
was doing those treatments, my kidneys kicked in and started, you know, functioning Praise again. Lord. You know, it started functioning again. And, um, and, you know, I never will have, they say, 100 percent. Yeah. You know, you know, because of the lupus attacked my kidneys, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the sy systemic lupus. Right. That's right. when it attacked your organs. Right. Right. But the right. discord is the outer part uh -huh, of your body, uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. your hair, your skin, you know, but um, uh, lupus attacked my kidney. And some people attack their liver, their heart, wow. you know, you know, but with me, it was my kidney. Okay, you know. and that that's what I really wanted to uh, us to kind of talk about lupus, uh, because for a lot of us in the black community and other communities, we don't really know about that or understand what lupus is. And I, I kind of took a few little notes here to kind of explain what the definition of the disease lupus is. It's an auto autoimmune disease. And it's um, in which an unknown trigger causes the immune system to attack its it's own ish tissues, right, right. causing widespread inflammation and tissue damage in the affected organ. Yes. And I also found out that lupus is about three times more likely to affect an African-American woman than it is a Caucasian woman. Mm -hmm. And they don't really understand why that is. But we in the black communities, the black women that are listening today, that this disease affects us three times more than the white uh, community of women. So when you, let's go back to the lupus and the diagnosis. You say that you noticed that when you would go outside, you would burn and it would bother you. How did you find out? What happened with that? The, uh, how did you find out you had lupus? Okay, how I found out is uh, one day I was, when they lift up my arm, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, I was just, well, what is going on with me? Mm -hmm. I couldn't lift my arm. I started breaking out with dark sparks right here. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't lift my arm. Then I had the butterfly, the redness here. And you know, I said, you know, I went to the doctor and uh, in Mariana and he told me, uh, he said, Vivian, I'm not going to diagnose you. I'm going to send you to a specialist. But all your symptoms saying that you has lupus. Mm -hmm. And I was in denial. Mm -hmm. I'm like, nobody in my family has lupus. I don't know where this come from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, right, now, right. where this come from? Right. You know, so I was in denial for a while. A good while, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, after they, uh, you know, did the blood work, mm -hmm. and that's how you find out, you that know, the there's work. no other way that you can find out if you have lupus. You must get the blood work done, mm -hmm. have a lupus test done, right? You know, and they can tell, you know, if you have lupus mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. And they did the test on me, mm -hmm. and and they diagnosed me with lupus. This was back in uh, in ninety. Uh, Back in ninety, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and from there, you know, they put me on Plaquenil, the medicine, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and you know, I took that for a while, you know, and mm -hmm. it it side effects to all medicine, but with mm -hmm. that, you know, it um, you know, it affects your vision, you know, and 
you know, especially vision, so you have to go get your eyes. And most most people that has lupus familiar with mm -hmm. right, 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 you know, right, that drug, right. you know, that that's, drug. you know. Yeah, uh -huh. That's the go-to drug for lupus. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, what is your, your life before lupus and your life after lupus as far as, what was the difference for you? What is everyday life for you? Oh, Can you kind of help us to understand what every day is like for you with this lupus disease? Yeah, um, it's different. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm limited, you know, to It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's okay. And you know what? This is going to help a lot of people, Vivian, because there's a lot of people that are dealing with the same thing you are. And that's why this is so important, yeah. because it's going to help somebody. Yeah. And somebody out there that's listening don't even know they have that. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're explaining it and telling us what you're going through is going to help somebody's light bulb to come on and say, that's what's been happening to me. Yeah. And I and I have been to all these doctors and I haven't been able to figure it out. So this is gonna help so many people. So it's okay, the tears are okay because they show us that this disease and what it does and, and, and how hard this is to deal with every day in your life. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so we wanna make it uh, clear as far as with other people mm -hmm. so that they will see and understand what this does to, to, to people because no disease is pretty there's ugliness to it mm -hmm. and so and sometimes we have to make these diseases real to people because as I told you before this interview I didn't know really what lupus was I'd heard of people having lupus but you're helping me to understand what it is what lupus is and what it does now, if we can uh, explain or try to articulate what your life is like now, as opposed to what Vivian was like before lupus mm -hmm. and what Vivian's life is like now with yeah. lupus. Okay. What was your life like before lupus? You know, before the lupus, you know, I was able to, you know, uh, you know, just just be freely to go, you know, outside and have to worry about you no know, sun or none of that kind of stuff, you know, you know, and and then anxiety, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have that, mm -hmm. you know, before lupus, right? Because you know, uh, my whole life changed, mm -hmm. you know, because there are a lot of things I'm limited to, you know. You know, when you have anxiety, it, and nobody never experienced it, it's, it's something. Mm -hmm. It just comes up out of nowhere. Right, right, you know, right. you, you don't even have to do anything. It just, it's just something that comes over you, you yeah, know, yeah. and of no control. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, before that I didn't have anxiety. I was able to go and do, you know, and now, you know, I press my way now. You know, my whole life has changed since lupus. You know, now I have to, you know, uh, 
take a lot of medicine. Mm -hmm. Whereas I didn't have to it, you know, before. before, before. You know? And, and would you say that you're now more secluded or yes. more, you don't go out as much, mm -hmm. you are more, it, it, lupus has caused you to be more uh, isolated than I, you used to be? Yeah. Because yeah. you used to be a free spirit going, 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 doing what you want to do. And now yeah. you're at home more, you by yeah. yourself more. Yeah. And and that has to be a lonely place. Yeah. So how is that for you? You know, you know, I'd be saying laughing and joking. I said, Well Lord, I live in a bubble now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know like I Michael just, Jackson high head wanted to get the bubble. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm not the norm because I was talking to a girl today. Mm -hmm. And she and, and you know, she uh, doing water aerobics, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I said, well, I, I, said, I really want to do water aerobics. She said, well, it was over in the hall at the pool. I said, I can't be out in the summer, <laughs> you know. I said, I said, she said, well, it's cool and everything. I said, but I can't, I can't be out in right, the summer. Right, right. So Whether it's cool or whatever. You know, because I, what does the sun do to you? It burns my skin. It burns. It it's extremely it, burns. I mean, it really burns. Like people, when we say burn, it ain't like a sunburn. No. It's like a third degree burn. Yes. On the skin. On the skin. And so know. that you have to, you have to really, I noticed today when you were coming in, you were covered up. Yes. Because you have to, when you get out in the sun, you have to cover up. Right. So lupus has really changed your life. Yes. And it has caused you to become anxious now. Yes. And and that anxious feeling uh, comes over you, like you said, when you, you, it just comes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. So it has changed you from that confident, mm -hmm. sure person yes. to more of a person that really don't know how it's, you know, it's like, I don't know how this disease is going to, what yes. it's going to do to that. Right. So I have to always be aware of where I go. Nope, that's it. I, what I do. I do. I can't just be a free uh, body in the world like I used to. Right, and sometimes people don't understand that, you know, when I said no, I just can't go. Right. Because right. I don't want to make anybody else uncomfortable. Now, my family knows. They know, they understand. You know, everybody, yeah. my family, they know. So, mm -hmm. so they know how to handle me and, right, you know. Right, right, right. And, they and if you can't do it, they like, oh, they understand. Yeah, yes. Yeah. See, see, they know. Oh, yeah, you know, right, right. They really know, you know, but, uh, you know, other people, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, I know it may sound crazy to them, and I don't want to, you know, you know, make it uncomfortable for yeah. anybody yeah. if I'm going with somebody in a group. A lot of time I drive myself. Right, right. You know, right. you know, when I go places, right. you know, because right. I don't want to, you, you know, maybe have an anxiety attack or something. And, you know, and then people are like, oh, what's wrong? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be the one that, turn around and you, you, you're the center of attention. <laughs> right. You, you want to be able to go and be with people and just blend in like everybody else. But you know that you have these things going on that yeah. may trigger. Right. And, and so you, you kind of, it causes you to withdraw a lot. It does. Yeah. It does. So, Cause a lot of times, you know, you know, I'm by myself. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time I, I'm by myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you and, know. and I'm sure COVID didn't help that. The COVID no. pandemic, no, because that meant that we had to really be in a bubble. Yeah, you know, mask your mask. And, then, and up. then that's another thing with that having that autoimmune disease. Yeah, 
How was that for you with when COVID hit and you had to mask up, it, you know, because if you catch that disease yeah, and people don't understand that because a lot of people are still saying, why you got that mask on this and that and that. And they don't understand that what could happen if right. you were to get COVID with your autoimmune disease. Right. Have you had COVID while you were? I have had COVID yeah, with, and, and I, you know. How was it, that with your but I was fine yeah. with it. Because you, you, know, you had your shots. I had the shots. Uh -huh. my, my, my kidney doctors, uh, transplant doctors, yeah. you know, they uh, recommend that I get it, mm -hmm. you know. Did you have a transplant? I had a kidney transplant. Girl, I didn't know that. Yes, uh, I, had a I had a kidney transplant. That was the second round. Wow. My kidneys, uh, what I told you then yeah. was the first round yeah you know but uh uh going on six years ago uh i was down to six percent kidney function wow and you know i know how it goes because my kidneys failed once before right right so and you, you know knew what was happening mm -hmm. yes i already knew mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you know if you get to 15 percent, it's time to go on that hours wow you know, but I talked to the Lord. God knows this is true. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I don't want to be on that house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I just, you know, I just didn't want to be on that house. Did your auntie go on dialysis or what? Mm -hmm. No, no, mm -hmm. I didn't. I couldn't mm -hmm. remember. No, none of them. Okay, okay. Mm -mm. They had heart problems. Heart problems. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, um, I had got down to 6%. And you know, I, I had to have these shots in my stomach. Uh, and I had went that day to get my lab drawn, mm -hmm. you know, with 6%. Well, first of all, back up, my, my kidney doctor in Conway, she told me, she sent me to this doctor in Memphis and uh, cause she was worried, oh, wow. really worried mm -hmm. about me. Mm -hmm. And uh, she sent me to get the fistula. And the man looked at my arm, he said, which one? I said, what? I said, what you mean? He mm -hmm. said, uh, that's what Dr. Shaver sent you here for. I said, I'm not getting none of that. I'm going back home. I mm -hmm. left and went back home. I didn't even I didn't want wow. to talk about it. Because you didn't want to start on dialysis. I didn't want to do dialysis. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to do dialysis because mm -hmm. I believed that God was going to. But my family, you know, they said, you're going to have to do something. You're going to die. And right, my doctor right. told me, Vivian, you're going to have to do something. So, you know. I uh, went on and got the, uh, what they did was they did one surgery where they, I don't have anything in my arm, mm -hmm. but what they did was cut, you know, my veins and the artery is, is together. Wow. They connected together, but I had to wait till the first surgery getting well and then the next one. And you know, when they was doing it, I said, well, Lord, I'm doing it for my family, mm -hmm. you know, because right. I don't want them worried and yeah, stressed yeah, about yeah. me because they knew, you know, that what was going on. You know, at six percent, you get ready to die. To die, right? And they knew that you're yeah. getting ready to die. Because right. at fifteen percent, it's time for you to be on the house. So six is uh, six. less than half for that. So yes. you know that you are on the way out. Yes, but my yeah. faith. I, I, I'm telling you, saying, I just believe God with all my beings. I just believed Him, and. People were started telling me, you need to do something, you need to do something. 
you know, I said, well, I got my faith in God, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and it was it was that this particular day, I went and got my uh, lab drawn, and my doctor called me uh, from Conway, and she looked at my lab. She said, Vivian, you're gonna have to do something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She said, the way your kidneys is failing, you're gonna have to do something. Mm -hmm. I was glad to tell her that same day. They called me from Little Rock and said they had a kidney. That same day, Look at God. I told her, I'm on my way to Little Rock right now. They got a kidney for me. And, and you was, know that was God because so many people wait so long yes, for kidneys. Yes. I mean, I know people even in my church that I belong to now that waited for a long time before they could get a kidney. Yes. So that was really And that was the third amazing. time they called A me. miracle, really. Yeah, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. That yeah. was on the third call because mm -hmm. they had called me once before when I was in Texas. Right. They said I was a go by the time I got yeah, to Little Rock. Yeah, you have to do it right away. You have to do that right you, away. You know, mm -hmm. the kidney didn't, twice it happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, but this time, you know, it was a go. And, and, and you know, when you believe God for something, the enemy always gonna be there. You know, I got there ready, laying in the bed, and the nurse came in and said, it's two of y'all up for the kidney. I'm like, what? They told me to come on, they had the kidney for me. Right. And then there was another, it was a it was a lady and there was a man. And the man came in and told me the same thing. And and my sister the twin was sitting over on the bed. I'm saying, you know, they called they call me for this kidney. This kidney is mine. I, you know, mm -hmm. and then I just laid in the bed and just talked to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, it was a challenge even after I got to Little Rock. You, you still, know, it was like, <laughs> it was. I'm, okay, they told me this kidney for me. Now they're saying it's two of us. It's two of us up for this kidney. Up for this kidney. And, the, you know, long story short, because there were things, yeah, I, I, yeah. you know, uh, and then, you know, the next day, the doctors, they was all around my bed, and it was the head doctor, you know, he said, well, Vivian, it's two of y'all up for this kidney. Now I'm hearing it from the doctor that does the surgery. Mm -hmm. And he said, you been on dialysis? I said, no. Nah. He said, what? I said, my faith is in God, and mm -hmm. he's the one that's been keeping me, mm -hmm. you know. And he said, well, you know, he said, we're going to have to make a decision. You know, because it's two of y'all up for this kidney. Oh my and and you know, I laid there in the bed, you know, mind on the Lord, you know. Mm. I said, like, Lord, I know you didn't bring me this far. You know. I said, Lord, I know you didn't bring me this far. And and they said, Well, we're gonna have to make a decision. So they went outside wow. the room. Wow. And twin was sitting over there. She was just quiet, you know, and I'm laying in the bed, you know. You know, praying to God, you mm. know, you know, because I know I'm at 6%, right, you know, right, just right. praying to God, you know. And it took him so long to get come back to let us know what was wow. going on. So, you know, between Ooh. that wait, yeah. <laughs> you know. That wait you know, was a long way. That was a long way, yeah. but my faith was strong. It didn't falter. It didn't falter. It didn't falter. You know, and, 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 Saying when they opened the doctor, he finally opened up the door. 
He said, get ready. I'm taking you to surgery. <laughs> I said, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. He said, anything oh. I can do for you. I said, hallelujah. I couldn't oh, even so talk you to done it all. You <laughs> done enough right there. I oh, couldn't even goodness. talk to the man. But oh, you know that God. was a miracle. A miracle. You know, you know that you God. You see, and, before, and it lets us know how God does truly orchestrate our lives. Yes, yes. The, a lot of people think that God is this abstract being up in heaven that hits us across the head with a ruler, but He's a good Father. He is, and He can He orchestrates things in our life, and when things happen, He's there as a good Father. You said you lost your father at an early age, and but God was your father, yes. and he was a good father, and he knew that day was coming, yes. and he already had the kidney, he already had everything in place for you, his daughter. Yes. That's how good he is. Yes, yes. If we can just trust him and believe him by yes. faith, yes. that he is just who he says he is. Yes. So this, Vivian, your story is just a a picture of a uh, almost, you know, I want to say that one a strong woman in the faith, a godly woman in the faith, a woman that has been through a lot, but still can smile, still yes. is grateful, still praising God, yes. that has a, a testimony of his goodness, of his might, of his power, and you're telling others because there's somebody out there that needs to hear this. I needed to hear this. So this has actually helped to increase my faith because we don't do enough of this, mm -hmm. sharing with each other our stories. Because I feel like once we're gone, our story, our storybook is closed. Mm -hmm. And if we don't share our stories, then nobody else can be helped by our story. Because can't nobody tell it like you can tell it. You're right. And can't nobody <laughs> tell it but you because it's your story. You're right. It's my story. And God is so good. He didn't just bless me with a, just a kidney. Yeah. He blessed me with a young kidney, a young girl that's 10 years old. You know, and I named my kidney Angel. Look at that. Look at <laughs> my God. little angel, 10, 10 years year old, old, a young kidney. A young kid. You know, and, and I know it was God that it did was nobody it. But God. You know, and I thank him and I was like, you know, it's you know, and having a transplant comes with a lot of medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they afraid it can be rejected. Right, right. And it was. Oh wow. one of the me medicine was rejected. But I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't want to be on all of this medicine. Yeah, just too yeah, much. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it's like 36 to 40 pills. Wow. You know what I said? And plus you had your lupus going on. Yes. Too, plus that. You know, and uh, you know what the Lord, I said the Lord worked it out because, mm -hmm. you know, one of those rejection medicine didn't work. So that meant that I, ha I have to go every month to get my infusion, you know, for that pill that I couldn't take. Yeah. So yeah. by IV. Right. So that lasts a whole month. Okay. You know, from okay. month to okay. month. Okay. So that and cuts me down. I'm on my way now to get it done. Infusion. You know, that I'm yeah. leaving tomorrow and I have it done Friday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Every every month. You know, and I can't miss this this reject this rejection medicine because, right. you know, it's one of the pills that, you know, I was supposed to take that I couldn't. Right. So they uh, they do uh do the infusion mm -hmm. every month. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so I thank God for that. Yeah. 
Praise you know, God. I'm that, thanking and God praise for that. God for technology. Yes. For those that have uh, took the time to discover these things mm -hmm. for us yes. to be able to do that. Because I'm sure back in the day there was no infusion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so a lot has, uh, God has given people the knowledge mm -hmm. to do that. And that's another thing we as Christians have to know that God gives doctors, yes. nurses, and uh, physicists and different ones, chemists, all of them knowledge mm -hmm. to help us. Yes. So, so we have to accept that when, you know, accept that help. So this is just amazing. This, this whole interview has been amazing. And I know my mom is busy running around cooking and running out the door and, and just doing everything when I try to interview. But you know how mamas are. But um, I just want to thank you, Vivian. I want to thank you. And I know the world wants to thank you because you have shared a lot of things. You've shared about kidney transplant. You've shared about your faith. You've shared about uh, living with lupus. You've shared about your auntie and your mom mm -hmm. and you being a single parent. You have put a whole uh, gamut of things, a plethora of things together for us that you have had to uh, be the parent. You've had to be the patient. Mm -hmm. You've had to be the daughter. Mm -hmm. You've had to be so many things. And I just want to say from the world to you, thank you. Thank you for taking care of your siblings mm -hmm. when you could have not just walked away. You could have fallen apart and just said, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening and learning from your mom. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being that person that has made a difference in their lives. Because we don't realize that in this world, you may not be able to set the world on fire, but if you can change or be instrumental in helping others to become godly men and women of God, mm -hmm. you've done a great thing. And your ministry has been your siblings. Mm -hmm. You have done a great ministry. You have raised godly women. Mm -hmm. You have helped them to mature. You have helped them to become what God wants them to be. And you know how many, you know what? When you change, help change their life, you change generations to come because you've helped their children. Mm -hmm their grandchildren, when you're gone from this earth, that root will still produce fruit because you planted it. First sister and your mama <laughs> planted it. Yes. And you were a branch of that root mm -hmm. and you kept it going. And so I thank you. I, I give you, I clap loud for you, sister. We need to clap loud for each other more. And I thank you for sharing this story, your story. Because can't nobody tell it yeah. but you. I want to thank you for joining me in the village of Samti. I want to thank you for coming in today. I want to thank Vivian Banks Bradford because this has been simply amazing for me. And I will cherish this and I will be posting this. And I hope that your siblings, that they will have this. This will be somewhere where they can listen to it. Even in the future, their children's children. It will be in on Spotify, on Apple uh, Podcasts, <laughs> all of that. It will be in those places for them to hear that. And they can go back and hear your voice, you telling your story, because it will be able to help them to grow from faith to faith. So I thank you for coming in. Remember, it takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to do life together. 
I want to thank Vivian again for coming in and doing life with us here in the village of Sumti. See you next time. Bye.